Welcome to the Faith Dialogue Podcast with your host, Pastor Ken Baer. Are you ready to swim in the deep end of the Bible pool or climb to the top of Faith Mountain? If so, open the eyes that see, those ears that hear, and a heart that is receptive. Get your cup of coffee and your Bible as we begin. Welcome to Pondering Prophecy. You know, nearly every day, it's common to hear something in the, in the news, or you hear it on the late news, or maybe read it in a magazine. Uh, something about the end of the world, or Twitter will have a feed uh, on the apocalypse, or Armageddon. However, when we consider prophecy regarding the day of the Lord, the end times, or Armageddon, we need to look to the Bible as our one true source of inspiration. And it's the authoritative source. No, there's no other authoritative source than the Bible. You know, for example, when we read the book of Revelation or the book of Daniel, Daniel's a fascinating Old Testament prophet that, that we get to in my book. Um, and, or any prophetic passage in the Bible, we, we don't want to interpret the prophetic text based on what may be written in today's newspapers. Uh, current events or the evening news or political speeches aren't the lenses by which we interpret Bible prophecy. You know, there's been so much bad information, uh, whether it's in the newspapers or social media or some preacher on the radio or TV, that the mention of prophecy, the mention of Armageddon or the end times, often creates confusion and ridicule. But you know, this is exactly what the Apostle Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 3. He said this, he said, Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. You know, those that are wise, and I hope you're wise as well, will remember this important saying, The Bible interprets the Bible. It's true. Uh, therefore, when we talk about the prophecies in the New Testament that point to the second coming of Christ um, or the establishment of the millennial reign, millennial means there's a thousand year reign of Jesus Christ, uh, there are clues that we can find in the Old Testament that reveal the New Testament. The Bible interprets the, the Bible. Often we'll see that uh, significant end time prophecies uh, and repeated, are repeated numerous times in both the Old Testament and, and the New Testament. And by reading and studying all of them, we can uncover the clues of the end times. Uh, by the way, this discipline of understanding the end times um, is, uh, comes from a Greek word. It's called eschatology. Eschatology is basically two words, eschatos, meaning the last, and logi, which is the study of things. Um, so the study of the eschaton, or the study of the last things, is called eschatology, and that's the study of the end times in the Bible. This includes all unfulfilled Bible prophecies, such as the second advent, the second coming of Jesus Christ, the tribulation, the end times, and Armageddon. Uh, to begin with, let me provide you with, with two keys that I've discovered that are, that are very, very helpful, if not essential, in understanding Bible prophecy. Uh, and let me start off with a story. Uh, you know, I had the privilege of serving as a Bible teacher, a pastor, and an author for, for over 20 years. It's my second career. Um, and so during these 20 years, I went back to school, I attended seminary, I was ordained, and now I have the opportunity to, to preach the gospel and share the gospel. As a pastor, one of the questions I often get is, Pastor, do you take the Bible literally? Now, I, I cannot tell you, I, I don't particularly like the question. However, it deserves a response. The reason I don't like it is that it doesn't have a simple 
yes or no. And that's true regarding my approach to the Bible and specifically Bible prophecy. Typically, my response is to say that I teach the Bible is the literally the Word of God. The Bible tells us that uh, in 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So when we read, for example, in the book of Isaiah, that a virgin would conceive and give birth to a son, and that his name would be Emmanuel, meaning God with us, we find that fulfilled literally with the birth of Jesus Christ to Mary, who was a virgin in the town of Bethlehem, and he was Emmanuel, God with us. Um, when wise men arrived in Jerusalem and they inquired where Jesus, where this Messiah would be born, uh, they were told by the scribes, Bethlehem, because they took the words of the prophet literally. However, we also see metaphors and symbolism in the Bible. Jesus says he's the good shepherd. Uh, that's a metaphor. Jesus says he's the door. Uh, that's, he's using symbolic language. You know, often the mistake of taking things symbolically or metaphorically happens when there's something in the Bible that is spectacular, uh, when it's fantastic or it's controversial. Uh, it's too easy then to uh, just say, well, this must be taken uh, symbolically or maybe this is allegory. And it's mainly because people just don't want to believe the spectacular. They don't want to believe the miraculous. Now, that includes clergy and scholars, and they assume that these scriptures are not to be taken literally. This is what's called the denial of the literal or denial of the obvious. And this, uh, this occurs especially uh, with miracles that are documented by Jesus in all four of the Gospels. For example, when the Bible says that Jesus took a few loaves of fish and fed 4,000 at one time or 5,000 another time, uh, this isn't to be taken literally, some say, as if the creator of the universe would find it too difficult to stretch a meal something that my grandmother often was able to do. Unfortunately, a prophecy, and that's the topic of my book, uh, that is taught, uh, that is a prophecy that's controversial or spectacular is often regula regulated or relegated uh, to that which is symbolic and non-literal. This is not an appropriate way to interpret the scriptures. We don't do this anywhere else in the Bible. Um, Many of you have not even heard a sermon on the second coming of Jesus or, or the judgments given in the book of Revelation, the seven seals, the seven trumpets, and the seven bowls. These prophetic verses are so spectacular, they're frequently not taught, and they're also not taken literally. However, much of the Bible is prophecy, and much of the Bible is unfulfilled prophecy. So far to date, all of the prophecies given regarding the first coming of Jesus Christ and the establishment of the church, for example, um, have been, have been uh, fulfilled, and they've all been fulfilled literally. The Bible often gives us clues when a prophecy is to be taken symbolically. So, for example, the, the passages in the, in the book of Revelation that have the word like, it was, it was like a, a dragon. For example, this passage in Revelation 13, 2. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth was like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. Now this word like is an indication that what he saw is not to be taken literally. But that doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that the end time fulfillment of this, of this dragon, the dragon we understand is a symbol for, for Satan, is not to, to, to come to pass. 
You know, for centuries, many of the greatest theologians in the church found it almost impossible uh, to believe that in the end times, God would again restore the kingdom of Israel, the people of Israel. It was prophesied numerous times in the Bible. The Jews had been scattered to Europe and Asia and Africa and later to North and South America. The theologians couldn't imagine that God would turn his attention back to the people of Israel and bring them back into their land that was promised to Abraham and uh, the city of uh, Jerusalem, the city of David. But that's exactly what Isaiah had prophesied nearly 2,700 years before it happened. Isaiah says, Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day, or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. Israel became a nation on a day, May 14, 1948, nearly 1,900 years after the Roman armies under Titus, who eventually became Emperor Titus, had sacked Jerusalem. The Jewish people were, that escaped were scattered all over uh, Europe, which was known as the Great Diaspora. It was this event that convinced many previous skeptics that perhaps all of the prophecies regarding Israel that were unfulfilled would be fulfilled uh, and were God-breathed. They would be fulfilled literally. However, to this day, there are many that continue to not understand end times prophecy because they refuse to take it literally. You know, many if not Many, if not most, of these end-time prophecies deal with the uh, seven years of tribulation, the return of Jesus Christ, the millennial, which is a thousand-year reign. And we focus all of these prof on all of these prophecies in detail in my new book. Now, here's one of the first keys. Take the literal meaning when practical. Uh, the first key to understanding Bible prophecy is to take the, the literal meaning when it's obvious that there, unless it's, to be, unless it's obvious that's being taken symbolically. One of the sayings I like to use is from uh, Dr. David Cooper. He's the founder of the Biblical Research Society. And he's quoted as saying, when the plain sense of scripture makes common sense, seek no other sense lest it result in nonsense. His actual quote is a bit more scholarly. I won't take the whole thing through it, but we discover the literal meaning when we understand that the Bible is a, is a Jewish book. It's written by Jews for Jews. When the Bible speaks of the kings of the north, for example, in Daniel 11, it means north of Jerusalem. Uh, the name Israel is mentioned over 2,400 times in the Bible, indicating that Israel is the center and the main story of the Bible. The word Israel means one who struggles with God, and God, God's promises are unconditional. It's an unconditional covenant with the people of Israel, and that covenant is everlasting. God has certainly provided a pathway for the Gentiles. Most of us that are sitting here are, are Gentiles, and, and we are so thankful that God provided a pathway for the Gentiles. We can say truthfully that we are living in what's called the age of grace, or the age of the church. But God is not done with Israel. And that's the second key to understanding prophecy. The first key is to take it literally, but the second key is understand it's about Israel. Israel is the key. And without this key, you'll not, you, it's impossible to truly understand end-time prophecy. When we read the scriptures in the book of Revelation of Daniel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, or Joel, we often see the prophecies speak of my people Israel. Hundreds of references in the Bible to the law, Jerusalem, the temple, the city, and the sanctuary are all direct references 
to things and people and places in Israel. While the judgments of God that are clearly prophesied will impact the entire earth, we should not substitute modern nations or the church when we read Israel and Jerusalem. This is the key to understanding the true meaning of the prophetic events. The theology that teaches this substitution, the church is really Israel and heaven is really the substitute now for what's talked about as Jerusalem. This is what we call replacement theology. And it's not helpful at all in understanding prophecy. So remember these two keys. Number one, take the Bible literally, particularly when it refers to prophecies, unless it's obvious that it's to be taken symbolically. And number two, understand that the Bible is a Jewish book. And the end times, the focus is again on Israel. The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom is available on Amazon. It's also available in Barnes & Noble. It's available on Apple Books. Um, it also comes in uh, on Kindle. Uh, an ebook form. I, I prefer ebook myself. On the Kindle Unlimited plan, for example, the book is completely free. Be sure to get your copy today. You've been listening to Faith Dialogue with Pastor Ken Baer, recorded live at Celebrate Seniors, a ministry of Faith Dialogue. You can listen to or watch all of the recordings at Faith Dialogue by going to www.faithdialogue.org.